0: Ed friends. my name is adam and this is the get Pipe podcast where we love to pipe and today well as always i am joined by my good friend nick aka the producer guy nick what's up, man hey adam how you doing brother dude i'm doing phenomenal we're finally ish back in so last week we recorded this episode or last week's episode episode zero eight zero from the depths of uh, the new studio it's it was piecemealed together really. It was just a desk in the middle of the office. I am still using the MacBook. We've now we like at an eighty one percent product, <laughs> right? So the, the walls still aren't still aren't painted. We got that coming up this week. But you got the lines on the where wall. it's supposed to be. Yeah, you see the lines and stuff. The microphone is now plugged in and I'm using my old computer or rather my professional uh studio computer and yes. audio should be just clean and clear and I'm just I'm feeling really, really good.
1: I'll be honest, it was clean and clear before. There was some good uh, producering going on there. I won't give our secrets away, but uh, there
0: absolutely was. Like, yeah. I am genuine. We were using my MacBook audio, and that like, what what you heard was not what we heard. Yeah. <laughs> so, little engineering, sound engineering, uh, which will uh will pay pay. Oh, dude, it'll pay dividends in the end when this Battle of the Briar thing comes out.
1: Yeah, for sure. But what you got going on, man? You've been uh, smoking. And joking? What what you what you been doing, brother? Yeah, I, 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 you, you sent me a couple pictures of you grilling. Um, is that the is that the the next evolution of, of get piped to get grilled? Get Dude, grilled.
0: It might be. I don't know. I am not a good griller, but I like mm. the idea of cooking outside while I get to smoke my pipe. Like it, that is yes. a, It's less about grilling and it's more about getting to smoke while cooking. Yeah, and, and and of course grills are cool, and you're outside oh, and it's shit. nice out, but. Yeah, dude, it's funny. We so with this house, you know, built in two thousand four, it needed some love, and I've been yeah. telling you guys all about that. One of the things that needed love was uh, the microwave. It just it oh. it exists, and they're like, oh, you know, in the inspection, like get an electrical guy out here to test it to make sure because it's not really working. As like, it's just broken. Yeah, I had an electric guy. Just be like, Yeah, it's just broken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I went to go buy one, and dude, the standard microwave these days is like 400 of course you can find a cheap one but an over the range you know microwave that that sits into its little shelf because yeah we can go cheaper we can spend 100 bucks and put one on the countertop but now we have a weird space above the stove and whatnot and anyway so so a basic package these days of that product that sits over the oven has like wi-fi or whatever so you can wi-fi your Food, I I don't know, but that (laughs) alone being the base exponentially increases the cost of the product. Oh, yeah. So we were looking at like, dude, 350, you know, 400 was kind of like the base model for what we wanted. And again, all I want is something to just, all I do is click the 30 second button, you know, 15 times or whatever. That's (laughs) it. That's the only function I need, but I just needed to sit up there and, Uh, and match the aesthetic, I guess. So we were, I was like really mad and we were leaving Lowe's. On my way out, I found, a, I found a grill, a whole ass grill for $250, $249. And I was like, wait, really $249? Like this one? And they're like, yeah. I was like, like this one? Like I bring it home and $249 <laughs> later, I'm grilling? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, see you later, microwave. It's grill time. Woo! <laughs> so now whenever yes. I want to reheat my pancakes, I'm going to the grill. And yeah, it's actually horrible, but <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now nah, the grill's cool
1: though. Dude. Was it like one of those ones that was on sale? Like,
0: well, that's what I said. I was asking the Lowe's guy and I was like, "Why like this it has five five little burner or turner things. Hmm. Four four main ones and then it's got like a side burner so if you wanted to boil yeah. some water or something." And I was like, "Dude, this is insane. I remember back in the day, you know, probably 10, 15 years ago, my dad bought this $2,000 grill <laughs> which was this massive stainless steel thing. It ended up being kind of a piece of junk, which was, you know, back in the day, back in the now, you know, the Floyd family ain't easy to throw out 2K for an appliance, right? Yeah, this this thing was just, it had the same features as this $250 grill. And I was like, man, time is, the times are changing, old man. But yeah, they're like, yeah, I guess it's the middle of the summer, you know, July is almost over and they expect to sell X amount of grills throughout the summer and they realize they have so much more left. And Summer's almost over, so they're like, all right, let's slash some prices. And Is
1: that wild? Yeah, it, it is. Isn't that wild? Like, summer's summer's almost over, but also the price, obviously. But, like...
0: Yeah, we were thinking about that, too. Dude, July has been flying. Dude, flying. J-flying. J-fly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm deleting that. Did no, I... <laughs> it's, uh, it's wild, man, because I'm just thinking... And I don't know if this is a transition yet, because I don't know if we still have some stuff to talk about, but dude, I'm coming to your house in four days. Like, I will. Last time I saw you was what, Chicago? Chicago, yeah. Damn. But I haven't been to your home since I visited you in Seattle, right? Oh, and yeah. you've never been to my home. Which, I have never been to your home. Which, which, will, come, which will come. Which will come. We'll get here soon enough. But um, I, I've just been this weekend, the producer wife has been gone with the... Uh, small producer baby. Uh, the, our 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 daughter, the smallest one, and I've been home with our son, and it's honestly been so great, man. I know I was telling you, but it's been wild because he definitely throws like little fits and stuff every yeah. now and then, whether it's bath time or food or whatever. And he's very mommy, whatever, classic mama's boy type of thing. Oh yeah, I'm that. I know you're that. But it's like. It's been so great to have him not do that at all. Like there has been in the past one, two, three, four, five days, there'll be five days ultimately that we've kind of been together one and it was for five minutes maybe, which is like a godsend literally. So we've, uh, we've had a lot of outside time. We've had some just great laughs together and you know, today I was enjoying a pipe, uh, just, he wanted to go play outside. So I was like, yeah, well, Well, pack a little my uh my I think it's my D- Dagner uh, Cobb I believe it's called. Anyways, it's a sitter, um and yeah, packed it up with some Escudo, which has been my my the past couple bowls I've been having. Really try to learn that as a from a recommendation from Get Piped himself to really just kind of focus and learn uh, blends and everything like that. And man, he was helping me tamp the tobacco. I posted Damn, a little video. Okay. I post the video in uh, our discord and everything like that. And he knows what a tamper is. So it's this progression. I was actually telling my dad about this and bear with me on the comparison, everyone. Um, I don't know if it is exactly relates, but when I was young, my father was a police officer and he showed me what it was like to be a responsible gun owner, right? He showed me the power of these weapons. Um, He showed them to me and always said, if you ever want to touch them or show them, hold them, whatever you want to do, just ask me, and I will pull them out. I will show you that they're unloaded, and you can hold them. You can pull the trigger because we will both know at this point it's unloaded, and you know there's again the rules of firearms and stuff like that. And it's created a very responsible individual in myself, which mm-hmm. I will then pass down to my child. And I was talking to my dad about pipes and stuff, and This is obviously not a firearm, right? It's not going to shoot you if it's loaded, but I have sought to show Everett, that's my son's name, a responsible pipe ownership. And that, you know, it goes into telling him about what a pipe is, showing him if he ever wants to hold it. He always wants to hold the purple one. That's the one he always wants to hold with my my purple stem. I've talked about a lot, smoking barrel briars, first artisan pipe but he always wants to hold it, put it in his mouth. And, you know, I show him it's, there's nothing in it. You can hold it if you just want to ask and stuff like that. And if he ever wants to smell a tobacco, he's more than welcome to. Um, but at the end of the day, he knows so far, like he doesn't do it without dad. Um, and I think that is a very important thing, uh, for fathers, mothers, um, mothers, whom, whomever to do just to kind of show your kids to be responsible with this sort of stuff. And it goes with drinking too, right? Like, Oh yeah. uh, I I don't think I ever, I I was never one to really drink or anything like that, but I didn't really get the, get the talk on responsible drinking, so to speak. I mean, I always got the, if you're ever in a bind, call me, I'll come pick you up, which hell no. Like I would never do that. (laughs) Not with my dad. I would call my mom. I'd call my mom immediately and she'd be like, you're good, buddy. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's there's so many things in life that are talked about in a way that they're so like negative. They're so bad. But if you truly learned about what it is and the the responsible way to use them and stuff like that, then it's a it's a vitally important part of our culture, um, and everything like that. So I've enjoyed doing that and I've enjoyed that in the past, you know, few months as he's Sort of become a, <laughs> what you say? He's become a human. You know what I mean? Like he's he's able to grasp uh, concepts and and hold on to ideas and, and truly understand stuff. And I say that you know Adam and I have had conversations. It's like when do they become a person? Like because until up up until they're like a baby, they're they're not really like a person, are they? I mean, they are, but <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. No, that's a good I point.
1: Explained. Like I mean, they're a human, but are they a
0: person? Yeah. I don't know. That's Ooh. an interesting. It was a very interesting thing. Uh, but dude, Anyways, love love that for you. Love the yeah. I remember you telling me that story when when I was very young. So my my father was in the military. He was a uh, you know, he was he was like a sniper dude back in you know, the late 80s, early 90s, you know, was mm-hmm. deployed uh, to a conflict and came back and was not, you know, not super uh, you know, hooked on phonics with uh <laughs> you know, talking about guns with his children yeah. and based on the things he had seen and done and kind of thing and so, so firearms were very foreign to me, uh, other than the fact that I knew, you know, my father was in the military. That was it. We didn't have any in the home or if we did, I didn't know about them. And, uh, I mean, I, I think we did and they were all hidden, like super hidden, like in walls kind of, my dad and kind of, you know, there were some screws, you know, a little bit, you know, that needed some tightening and refining over time that, that he's, you know, he's good now, but <laughs> you know, it was, that was something I remember you telling me about when we were young you know, like, Oh, we're me and my father might go shooting or something. What? Yeah. That would, that would, in my mind at the time that would never happen. I've gone shooting with my father so many times since, you know, I got into college, but it wasn't until I was in college where we kind of had that talk and we talked about, you know, the power of these things and why we use them and why we have them and whatnot. But, but I remember that I do remember that fondly. So it's, it's interesting for me to think about how you're doing that same thing. albeit a little bit different with, with, but at the end of the day, like, Your father was never going to let you, you know, a kid like go shoot a gun until he was 18 alone or whatever, like maybe 16, 15, 16 or whatever. But same thing with pipes. It's not like you're just going to, oh, you know, you can go ahead. Like, of course, it's when he's of age kind of thing that, but it's good to, to, to plant those seeds, you know, early just to, to understand. And, and the thing, the biggest thing about that is, hey, if you ever want to touch this, this pipe, if you ever want to touch this firearm, let me know. It becomes... It becomes less. There's, there, it's not like a ooh shiny, and that's that's where yeah. I mean, we're not going to get political. But that's where ninety percent. I don't know the statistics, but it's like seventy, eighty, ninety percent of all firearm mistakes happen is because it's you know it, it's negligence, right? It's yeah, people pick up the thing and they pull the trigger. Same with alcohol, people drink the thing when they're underage or they're driving, and they're, it's just an irresponsibility. It's a lack of understanding, right? um yeah. So yeah, I think that's that's very very good and man, I'm not a dad. I will be eventually. Uh, yeah. And uh, a lot to take some notes from my producer guy and do the exact same thing, man. I really, really yeah. appreciate that.
1: For sure. So, yeah, I've been smoking the Escudo and trying to, I've, I'm, man, just had a couple bowls of it. Really enjoy it. To me, it's very, it's very light um, and ultimately delicious. I'm really trying to learn some of the notes um, that, you know, I've, I've looked up reviews and just, in general, people have talked about it. Uh, I definitely get the Perique, uh on the retrohale, but honestly, it's it seems very light to me, and I I like it. I really I think I'm a vapor guy, definitely a Parik guy. Yeah, um, I th- yep. think I found that out with the beast. <laughs> how I enjoy it, uh, whereas most people probably wouldn't. So yeah, man, it, I'm really really going to be trying to only smoke that uh, from for at least smoked the whole 10 and I'm excited. You know, I, I know I talked about, I think I was doing that with bank side, but I will be honest. This is a, you know, this is a little folly on my part. I accidentally left the tin open one day or one night. And then I forgot about it. And I think it was maybe more than one day it was left out. It was like it was
0: just, 17 days or something. And yeah, that's <laughs> like three months. Um, but no, it,
1: uh, yeah, it, It's just not the same anymore. So going with that Escudo tin, and yeah, I'm excited. But dude, talk about
0: follies. I had one the other just yesterday or little bit of episode four. I still had Mm. my, my sample package that I've been kind of cranking through. I have two of the tins which I opened, I cracked one open so we can talk about in the episode, but the, the trial pack I probably had, I don't know how much was in there, probably half an ounce or something. I had at least four bowls left, five bowls left. And I put it on my little leather dish to dry out and had my bowl. It was delicious. It was one of the photos I, I took while I was grilling. Check mm, out the Instagram yes. at get piped uh, or I'll <laughs> post it in the discord, of course. But yeah, man. Th- then the next day I was like looking forward to having some more of it just because the episode was hopping and popping. People were enjoying it. it and we were talking about it. And then I saw that leather dish that next night, 24 hours later no! on the counter still out there. I was like, Oh, that's all. That's just too dry. Too dry, and I had, to, I had to toss it. There, there's ways to to rehydrate. Maybe that could be a smoke seminar, but you know, you got to you got to pick your battles with that, and we'll we'll talk about yeah. that when we hit that, that 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 series eventually. But
1: dude, it's in, it's interesting though how it's not it's painful, but it's also not super painful. It's weird. It, it's I mean, obviously, if it's a super rare whatever blend, yeah, um,
0: it's and, like, and uh, those it's are the stupid. ones that you would consider doing the rehydration process yeah. for, of course, uh, but. Yeah, man, it's, you know, it's another day.
1: You know, take the L here and take a W day. later. Yeah. And uh, we actually got a couple blends in the mail from our good friends at La DC. I say we. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we. Yeah. As not me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of uh, one line is already out. This is uh, the new line from Missouri Meerschaum. This dropped on Friday, July 21st, 2023. This will be a general production line, so you should be able to get it kind of whenever. It's three different blends. It's Luminaire, uh, or Luminaire, which is a flake with aged Red Virginia's Parique from St. James. Caterini uh, in Cavendish. We got Party Line, which is a cake. Matured Burleys, ooh, Cavendish, and St. James Perique, as well as Drawdown, which is Ready Rubbed, Bright Virginia, Latakia, Cavendish, St. James Perique. Dude, the tin art on these, beautiful. Missouri Mearsham and uh, Cornell and Deal really came together and, and, and did well oh, yeah. on this tin art. Um, and then the next one is Sunbear Tupelo. This is a uh, newest Small batch from Cornell Deal, kind of their uh, yearly Sunbear drop. Uh, this is set to be released on July 26, 2023. And uh, this contains some red Virginias, bright Virginias, Izmir, and Bosma. All we got 2017, 2019, 2018, and some 2019 tobaccos there. So we got 20,000 tins for this one. That's seems like a big batch that's a huge batch. that's a huge batch so uh go check those out smokingpipes.com if you want to to get those definitely uh set your alarm for on oh, it's probably it might not be too late but definitely get some sun bear um since it is a small batch so thank you to smoking pipes in law dc for all of that i will not be smoking those yet because as i just mentioned um I am really going to try to focus on getting one blend down and and really learn that. And I actually talked to Adam. I was like, oh, I want to open these right now and smell them and do all this stuff. And he's like, dude, take a breath, wait a little bit, get through some stuff, kind of learn what you like. So, yeah, I, I can't say anything on how they smell or anything like that. It just being as we always are up front with y'all, but. I will eventually get into them and uh, hopefully mention them at some point.
0: It took us a little while to pinpoint our, our point of contact for you know these kind of promotional blends. You know, it, it's no secret you hate it, we hate it, everyone hates it. Uh, don't, say it. Quote, don't say it. loose quote influencer, you know kind no! of thing. Yeah, the, the smoking pipes. You know, Cornell and Deal even sell They they will send blends to folks who they think can promote the product positively or even negatively. Like they they want to get some kind of response out of it and of course people have audience right get piped is one of them well because i move so much i i've failed to honestly i don't even know how they got my address in the first place they just started sending me I tins <laughs> but yeah I, i've yet to get this package which i probably won't it's probably lost somewhere so whoever's at my last house hopefully they're a pipe smoker and if not they will hopefully become a pipe smoker but i will get my hands on these tins and we'll 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 do some discussion on them but until i get my hands on those tins we're gonna Put that to the side. Uh Yeah, man, I'm just super excited for this Smitty Cigar event. By the time you yes. guys are listening, we are going to be almost on our way. You will be almost getting ready to come down to
1: yes.
0: get Piped House, the get Pipe Studio.
1: Yeah, I'll be, I'll be itching. Work that day will be very rough. I'll, I'll be oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. For me, rough. too. But uh we got great stuff happening at the Smitty Cigar Lounge event. The actual event is July 29th uh but we will be there the 28th just hanging out at the cigar lounge. I know it will be open. It's a Friday, so come hang out for a little bit. We'll be there. Uh we'll be going off to dinner at some point that night. But the 29th is going to be a blast. There are going to be multiple pipe makers there. We're going to have a couple seminars going on as well as some other vendors there. And I just can't wait. I can't wait, man. This is going to be a this is going to be a hard week. To, to get through that work. We we always have those weeks of uh, the exciting things we are looking forward to, but it's never too late. It is honestly never too late to decide to come to the Smitty Cigar Lounge event. Even though Even if you're listening to this on Thursday when this episode drops, even if you're listening to this on Friday or Saturday morning, if you're a couple hours away, come on down. This is going to be a big event. And as you probably heard in the pre-roll for every single podcast that we have now, we are going to be doing a special Smitty Cigar Lounge only streaming of the first ever Battle of the Briar trailer. I saw it tonight, the the rough draft, and I I say rough draft, it just needs to do some rendering and and things like that, but oh man, it's got me hyped. I
0: am so hyped about it. Talking Battle of the Briar, this feature-length yes. film. It's a documentary on the event, same titled Battle of the Briar, that was held in the 2023 Chicago Pipe Show. You might have seen some online streams about it. There was, you know, Jeff the Chef was doing the full stream on YouTube, but in the background, you'll see the Get Pipe crew, you know, yes. me and producer guy running around with our A cam, B cam, shooting the entire thing. And this, it's, <laughs> it's so funny, man. I can't, we're going to have to do like a, What's up in smoke or where there's smoke? Oh, yeah. There's briar on this episode oh, once, yeah. once it releases. But in short, that was the evolution of that project has been so fun, man. It started off as a two to, two to five minute documentary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, then we pushed it to like an 18 ish minute, maybe yeah. 15 to 20 minutes. Where, Adam was like, My normal YouTube videos are 15 to 20 minutes. How are we going to be able to do a documentary in that time? So it it it, and, it or in like in two to two to five minutes or whatever it was. Yeah,
0: heck no. And now we're sitting with like six hours worth of film to to sift through and yeah. So now it's and that's
1: not even all of the film that's going to be used. Like we are, uh, yeah. I know Adam and and is the big director and and doing a lot of the heavy lifting here. But we're going to be hopefully trying to reach out to some folks to to get some other behind the scenes stuff and yeah i'm just super excited
0: yeah it's going to be absolutely wonderful so i encourage you I actually had someone reach out uh, on the discord or maybe they sent me a message on instagram huge shout out to that individual i'm so sorry i don't remember your your, your particular handle but they're like hey really excited for smitty cigars but you know i'm sold because of this battle of the briar trailer yeah like once i heard that i'm so excited and that dude that that made me feel so damn good because you'll see, you know, Tobacco Pipes posted an article, you know, a Chicago Pipe show recap and they mentioned Battle of the Briar. And right now, we like we weren't mentioned. Our, our documentary wasn't yeah. mentioned because we haven't really produced much uh, content advertising yeah, or any, you know, anything. We don't have an Instagram page for it, but we have a lot of ideas in, in order to really bring this documentary to life. And this event, this Smitty Scars event will be the very first step. So this, this, Trailer, which will be exclusive to Smitty Cigars, it will release to the public some sixty, maybe two to th- maybe three months later. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna. I want to really encourage folks to to enjoy their long trip down to Smitty Cigars and yes. get a little bit of get pipe content. But but I will be producing a a mini trailer. We're gonna throw out a you know a, t- a teaser trailer. It's like a full trailer that that's going to be shown. But yeah, so we we will. Everyone will see this in the end. But again, if you guys are in the area, this is a good time to come check it out, man.
1: Yeah, very excited. There is more information on exactly uh everything that's going on at the pipery on Instagram. Follow Dave Shane there. Um and yeah, just just learn all about that. There is a hotel code. It's uh $70 plus tax. Use code SCL. Use the letters Sierra, Charlie, Lima, uh, at the guest lodge in Gainesville, Georgia. Give them a call, let them know you're coming down, and use that code SCL for that. But as always, we, we want to touch on our Vegas Pipe Show coming up, the Las Vegas International Pipe Show in October. And then after that, uh, the Texas Pipe Show will be happening in November. And in thrown in there, we have the Columbus Pipe Show, the NASPC, uh, as well as the Capital Land Pipe Show in northern New York. So check out all those. All of these shows uh, have... Websites that that you need, or head on over to the Get Piped, uh, Galactic Get Pipe Pipe Club. We have an events page there with all of the info you need, um, plus more. So if you ever have an event that you're you're throwing that you want, you know, six hundred plus people to know about, let us know. Send us uh, an email show at getpiped.co co, and uh, we will we'll will post it on our little page there.
0: And the best part about that too is though get piped the crew might not necessarily be going to every single show and every single meetup someone in that that community is so we have these little sub threads if you may of this of this channel that get piped community folks can meet up link up say hey i'm going to be at this show i'm going to be going to capital land who else and then four or five other people will you know message in that that group and then lo and behold a week after the show, we find a photo posted of, of all five or six yes. individuals meeting up together. So awesome. the, the community is there. The Get Pipe community will be at all of these events in some form or another.
1: Heck yeah. But thank you all for smoking and joking with us. And of course, thank you for all of your support of the Get Pipe podcast and, and just Get Piped in general. If you are not driving or doing anything super duper duper important, go ahead and give us a rating on Spotify. It's super easy. Just if you've been listening to this podcast for some time, you are able to give us a rating, click that star button, give us a a rating that you see fit. And, uh, yeah, while you're at it, give us a Q and a every episode. If you click on the actual episode, there's a special Q and a, this is new to Spotify. It's kind of like a, the Apple podcast reviews. And while you're at it, if you're on Apple, which is most everyone, uh, go ahead and leave us a rating and review there as well. It really truly means a lot to us. And uh, we have been reading more reviews at the end of the show. So if you want to get on the show, let us know how we're doing. Uh, That's both on Spotify and Apple podcast as well. But if you want to support the show financially, you can visit www.getpipe.co. Check out our little merch store. We've got our buy around club and uh, we got some great plans coming for our fall collection of merchandise. Uh, We got a few products planned for that. So stay tuned for more. And we've got a great, great show planned this week. We have another edition of Briar Breakdown. And following our primary topic, we will get into some more this or that pipe smoking edition. And then we'll move into another, ooh, second edition of Ask Nick Anything. And uh, all those are from our awesome members of the Galactic Get Piped Pipe Club.
0: L. Yes. Big thanks to the producer guy for the producer guy things. Now, before we move into our primary topic, I want to remind you to take a deep breath, savor this moment, kindle your flame, and pipe as you please.
1: We have a, another Briar Breakdown this week. This is a great series that we've uh, also been trying to refine as well with with this whole year of refinement or you know, at least few months of refinement in the Get Pipe podcast sphere. Uh, but for those of you who do not know, Briar Breakdown is our series where we look at a specific scene in a movie or TV show that involves pipe smoking, or we just kind of discuss the overall movie uh, that pipe smoking is involved. Uh, we we talk about the scene or the movie, how the pipe was influential, as well as some takeaways at the end. If you want more on Briar Breakdown, go check out the Get Pipe Bookshelf episodes 054, which, uh, where we discussed Father of the Flame, 031, uh, where we discussed a scene from The Quiet Man, and 022, uh, where we talked about the Misty Mountain song from The Hobbit. But This week, we are looking at, arguably, and a lot of critics claim, one of the best movies of this millennia. Um, It was definitely rated the best movie of the 2000 to 2010 uh, time frame that decade. Uh, We're looking at There Will Be Blood, a period drama film starring the famed actor, and the only three-time Best Actor awardee, Daniel Day Lewis. So, yeah, I uh, this was a great movie. It is a great movie, and I'm I'm very excited to talk about it. But Adam, do you have any uh, any other things you wanted to discuss before we kind of get into this?
0: Yeah, man. Brian Breakdown is a is just an awesome kind of staple. It's not one that we've done very many times, and you know part of that is there's not a ton of movies with pipe smoking unfortunately we we have confirmed that our our good friend Oppenheimer <laughs> has uh pipes in the film and we'll talk about that at some point in the future but yeah man this this is just another one of my favorite series when when we're able to do it and we've been pushing this one off for a long time there will be blood and really excited to 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 get into it but yeah we're just going to talk pipes we're going to talk about scenes and emotions and what we felt what we thought maybe talk about the particular pipes maybe conjecture what tobaccos and, and whatnot, but yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Heck
1: yeah. So I will start us out. I will give us some background of the film. Spoiler alert, I guess, uh, but also not because this movie has been out for almost a decade and a half at this point. So I will say up front, admittedly, there are not many scenes of pipe smoking in this, though there definitely are pipes in it. And it is one of those movies that kind of pops up if you ever search pipe smoking in movies so to start out we begin in the late 19th century around the 1897 time frame with the main character daniel plainview he was a silver miner who was turned into an oilman uh, early in the 20th century so we're talking 1903 ish time 1907 uh, this man is or becomes a very, very evil man. Uh, and this is due to many things. He struggled in the mines um, and that that kind of created who he was. He fell into this giant well and then he, the subsequent crawl to, uh, I guess it was a sort of silversmith to collect his money from a small piece of silver sort of uh, created this Man who believed, I guess you could say, that he could do anything and he only needed himself. Uh, So this then leads to him finding oil, where one of his men eventually dies. Uh, He was hit in the head with a bucket, I believe it was, and um, he died and this man had a son. Um, I, I don't know what happened to the man's wife, but he had a son in Daniel Plainview took in this orphan and named him HW. Uh, mm-hmm. Later, later in the movie, literally towards the end of the movie uh, is when he tells HW that he was an orphan. Um, so his son grows up, finally tells him that he was an orphan and he literally only used him for his young face to to kind of greet people in his in his industry and kind of break that barrier, show that he was a family man and things like that. So he becomes a true oil man, begins buying up a bunch of land and creating sort of this steady business of producing oil. It wasn't until he was in one of the towns kind of taking the oil and stuff, a, a child, I guess he wasn't a child. He was, he was a young man Uh, named Paul Sunday approached him about oil on his family's land, uh, the Sunday ranch. And he basically tells him where to find it. This oil is on the surface and they can kind of see it, but Daniel doesn't really believe him. He pays him like $500, which was seemingly a lot for that time um, because he wanted him to divulge more information and stuff like that. It was this very interesting scene where uh, the young man Paul was being very broad in his description of all the oil on the land and things like that so eventually Daniel and his son H.W. go on a quote quail hunting uh, trek hike out to the land to the Sunday ranch to do some uh, I guess reconnaissance on on finding oil with that once they find oil his son actually found it on the surface and uh, things like that while they were, they were quail hunting. But then Daniel offers to buy this Sunday family ranch. And this is where he meets Paul's brother, Eli, who is a preacher or the main preacher in this small town of Little Boston in California. And this sort of sets forth this uh, contentious religious relationship between Eli and Daniel. And, you know, I, I won't bore you with everything. Please go watch the movie. But eventually, oil is found on this property. And one of the main scenes, one of the main piping scenes is when they actually f- kind of first find oil or a large area of oil on this property. There's a huge blowout. It's a gas release of oil under the ground. Uh, HW is becomes deaf because of it. It's a large large explosion and his son becomes deaf. So again, another defining moment in Daniel Plainview's life. But as they are sort of undergoing this, they're about to blow up this rig to essentially stop the oil from burning and everything like that. Daniel is standing there with his pipe and it's kind of that classic scene where the camera is, is lower to kind of portray this uh, strong, sort of uh, view and in this case ominous, evil uh you know, way the camera is facing him. And that's kind of the main scene that we get of pipe smoking. After that, I, I don't honestly know if there is that much. Uh but the move the movie continues to progress. Daniel buys more land, eventually makes a deal with another big oil producer to get a pipeline, you know, about a hundred miles to the coast. And this all leads to Daniel killing a man, and all of this stuff. So, this is a great movie. I recommend you watch it. I'm not doing it any justice, to be honest. I, I am more interested in the discussion portion um, that we are about to have because there's a lot to break down here, <laughs> for lack of a better term. And I think it is interesting in the realm of pipe smoking because it is sort of the antithesis of what we typically think about when it comes to the smoking pipes, a gentle man or woman uh, or a gentle person, you know, just kind of sitting, being contemplative and, you know, all those classic cliches that we get from the smoking pipe.
0: Dude, absolutely. And this this is one of those films where the pipe had a purpose, right? It mm. wasn't a prop. I really, I really believe, though it was shown so few times, it wasn't necessarily a prop. It, it had a purpose, and that all goes into pipe smoking as particularly a symbol with an antagonist in this case. Pipe smoking as uh, how it sets the mood, the atmosphere, and you know, other calculated pieces, uh, maybe a little bit of his isolation. Uh, there, there's a lot we can talk about with this, but, mm-hmm. you know, of, of course we love the Talking about the Gandalfs who have their long wooden (laughs) pipe and they're you know they're thinking how are they going to find the next path for the Fellowship and they're smoking their pipe to come up with that. But when I see when I see him with the pipe, I I don't necessarily think he's smoking a pipe to figure out the answer. Instead, I see him smoking a pipe in that the way he does it, the way you know very professionally done as an actor. I, I got this idea that he was being. He was manipulative in a sense. Mm. Like he knew what he wanted in the end. He knew how to get what he wanted in the end. He knew he would go through brutal means of getting to that end. Yeah. But for some reason, when I see him with that pipe, I see, I see all that in his eyes. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the pipe that that helps project that to the to the audience. Uh, and that's exactly what he ends up being is this manipulative individual. But but it was like. It's easy to look at a man smoking a pipe, especially if you're in the film. If you're you're seeing this this person, you know, say, like, "Oh, you know, he's probably, you know, a, a, why, a thinker, you know, and he's trying yeah. to calculate what's next." In my view, he had already had that that ending calculated, or at least what he intended on on getting in the very very end.
1: Yeah, and we see another antagonist, uh, obviously in Hans Landa, when. That instance, though, was very for show. Like we, we discussed that Hans Lando was we we argue it was more for show, less for actually smoking a pipe. Whereas I see Daniel Plainview definitely smoking pipes in general uh, due to the time frame, because my argument would be as a director or as an actor, like you could have easily just smoked cigarettes and you see them oftentimes just doing that like they're just smoking cigarettes. And stuff like that. So why did you? Why did the pipe have to come into this? Um, would would definitely be a question of mine. But it then leads me to say, okay, he was a smoker, right? Daniel Plainview mm-hmm. was a pipe smoker. And so that being said, I'm going to transition back to your discussion on being manipulative and stuff like that. Like there was a there was a quote that I had to write down while I was listening. I just pause the movie and be like, I need to write this down because it was i have a competition in me i want no one else to succeed i hate most people and this was a conversation with a character who was acting as his brother right like he uh his he was saying that it was essentially his half brother i believe it was that he had come he saw him he saw he was here and he was coming to You know, didn't want any business, just wanted to tell him that his dad died or their dad died. Turns out wasn't his brother. And he was just some schmo who found a journal of a guy, another guy who was claiming to be Daniel Plainview's brother and basically took on his story. But when this quote was said, it was a time when Daniel Plainview literally thought that this man was his brother. So you then see him kill this guy, right? Like he shoots him in the head with a pistol, buries the body. And this, you see kind of the full evil of Daniel Plainview come out there. Like they get to the coast, uh, you know, him and his brother are basically putting in stakes in the ground of where this pipeline from Little Boston to the coast will go. Again, it's about a hundred miles. They get to the coast and they're having discussions about they're the olden days of you know where they lived and where th- what they would like to do and stuff like that. And it was at that moment when this guy had no reaction to what Daniel was saying that he was like, "Oh, he's not my actual brother." So he goes out into the ocean, and it's just this sort of close-up view of Daniel, and he just has this scowl on his on his face. And man, Daniel, Daniel Day Lewis, the actor. It was just phenomenal, dude. Phenomenal. Like I saw like such anger and hate in this man. I love S- that, dude. S- such evil. And it it brings forth this thought of like what is in each of us, right? Like we have the capacity to do ultimate good or the ultimate evil. Each and every one of us, whether we like to think about it or not, like we are, we are wired to do that. And you see, other, you know, another prominent figure in history that is sort of this ultimate evil that was a pipe smoker was Joseph Stalin, right? Like he mm-hmm. was one who killed millions and millions of his own people, um, and we can't not say that he was a pipe smoker some capacity whether again it was for show i don't know but it was definitely there was definitely evidence that he smoked pipes so it like this idea of a pipe smoker being x y and z kind of gets thrown upside down when you hear about these cases of of folks who are not the normal if that makes sense and to me that's that's the, the the character of of Daniel here in this case you you had
0: actually mentioned you know like Hans Landa that was another guy who it's funny like these these evil the way filmmakers use pipe smoking to to portray evil versus good you know because because again there's a lot of similarities with that pre-calculatedness like you know this Mm. this character Daniel's a complex character right (sighs) and it takes until the end of the film to kind of put it all together right yeah Uh, but that pipe smoking does add at least kind of a layer up depth to his to his persona right. throughout the film when he's smoking his pipe it showcases that that ultimately that calculated and methodical approach to to his life to his business to his his desire to have power over the industry over people over friends and it becomes that companion but it's like an accessory that really just symbolizes kind of kind of just evil uh, evil authority and evil power
1: the the Book was loosely based off, I believe it was oil. the oh, exc- oil, yeah, yeah! Exclamation point at the end by Upton Sinclair, which his books, um, I believe it was called The Jungle, if I'm correct. There, um, basically, this was the meatpacking industry back in the oh yeah the early years. So, and his book basically created had the government then create laws to fix fix these harsh conditions. Um, in these, this industry. So it's, it's based off of that. And there's a lot of depth in that sort of stuff. There's satirical, um, you know, descriptions of, of all these things, but it's supposed to like put your, put the mirror in your face and say like, okay, mm-hmm. what's going on? And a lot of this evil, I would say is less evil and more. I mean, it is evil, but it's probably greed is, is another way oh, to yeah. describe it. And, you know, that, that competition aspect, right. This, uh, you know, you could, the term narcissism gets thrown around a lot, but he was so full of of himself and the desire to only make money that he uses his, you know, what he called his son as a prop for, you know, a decade or two decades, whatever it was. And it's interesting and how they portrayed it. And I I don't think it's far off of like the, the lengths that people will go to for greed, for money, for all of this stuff. And it's so hard to hear as individuals like Adam and I, who do believe in this capitalistic society in the quote unquote free market to see then that this breeds this evil in the world that this is just, you know, one aspect of capitalism. But I would argue that it's better to have greed than it is to have starvation and stuff like that. But again, won't get won't get too too political here because that's that's mm-hmm. is not the time nor place. But just talking about the themes of this movie and how the director and, and Daniel De Lewis portrayed. Uh, Daniel Plainville in this and and how good of a job that they both did and kind of bringing that out to the viewer.
0: Yeah, man, I, I kind of flex here. I was always a star student in the English classroom whenever I had to write a book. And it's was like, hey, what did this symbolize? What did this symbolize? You know, I just, as it's easy to kind of pinpoint how the smoke was almost like this like guys for him as he mm. continued to fight for that wealth but in turn it was just this metaphor for like a, a clouded truth and you know mm. which did in turn obscure his true intentions but in the end it kind of smoked himself out in a way hey. like i'm i'm kind of getting cringy right there and you know a little cliche but <laughs> it's interesting that in the end it it backfires and he realizes it to a degree oh yeah oh boy Oh boy. <laughs> I messed up <laughs> kind yeah. of thing and 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 it's it was less about like oh I shouldn't have done that one action. I shouldn't have killed that one individual, that second individual. It was less about that. It was more of just there was there was an awakening, you know, for everything he's done. And yeah, man, it's 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 scary. It was definitely yeah. a but, eerie film.
1: Yeah, but what I will also say is that Daniel Plainview was a contemplative person right like he had to think a lot about the trajectory in which his business was going and his life was going so i would argue that maybe he did find solace in that though it's in a way that you and i would not or our yeah. hearts are not that hardened per se in or in in that way that an evil person is using the pipe to do the things that you and I, in, in this day and age, or even maybe back then as well, would do it in that in the same but different manner. If that makes sense, his oh yeah, his use of the pipe was for greed, whereas ours is and or was more so for uh, maybe the better of humanity. If if that makes sense,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's a, that that's a great point. And, you know, it's, it does kind of show that, I mean, you had mentioned earlier too, like Stalin, right? Yeah. We love talking about how great pipes can be and what they can do for the mind and what pe- they can do for for people's ambitions and thought processes. And yeah, it, that's it's it would be idiotic to say that you can't apply that to the negative side.
1: And one of the other aspects that I really wanted to touch on is the religious side in this story. It's evident. It's like the main, one of the main mm-hmm. factors in this movie of this sort of prodigal son for lack of a better term, Eli, uh, Eli Sunday, who's the brother of Paul, who sort of told Dan- Daniel Plainview about, uh, his, his ranch having all this oil and stuff. And then it was found out that it was a bunch under a bunch of ranches in the area. But Eli is this pastor of this, uh, I believe it's the third Revelation Church in this small town, and he is adamant that Daniel Plainview find the Lord. Right? Like he forget, like he admits his sins, but at the same time, this Eli guy is sort of a showman in his own right. And oh yeah, like I was, <laughs> I was less concerned you know, as, as a, as a Christian, like I was less concerned about Daniel being, you know, finding the Lord in this movie in a way, but I'm more concerned about how Eli was shepherding his people in the wrong way. It, you know, in that way. So it was just very interesting to, to see, to see it in that manner. Um, this sort of false prophet. And at the end of the movie, Daniel, you know, was going to give this guy money or whatever he he wanted him. Uh, ultimately, he doesn't give money because basically he wanted money. This Eli guy wanted money for land under another property, and Daniel goes, you know, say I am a false prophet and there is no God or God is fake, something like that. And this Eli guy does it, and at the end of it. Daniel admits that he had already essentially taken the oil from that land, and Eli is just distraught and he's crying and he's crying he's like, "I am a sinner, and all this stuff and that then leads to uh Daniel Plainview's sort of ultimate sin in this movie, though he already killed a man before, but he's in his bowling alley in his giant house after you know two decades of being an oilman he's all alone and he he lives in this giant house and they're in this bowling alley enjoying scotch or whiskey or whatever it is and you know eventually daniel just goes berserk and he kills eli he murders him with a uh, bowling pin and it's such a violent bloody uh, experience and um, it's just very graphic, <laughs> very graphic. And you think he's going to get away too? Yeah, you think. You know? Yeah, you, th- you think Eli's going to get away? It's a little. It's it's shot
0: a little goofy. It is gonna, in a way. Yeah, it was goofy to, to to where you would think like, oh, he's he's going
1: to get away. But <laughs> well, it's it was oh. like it was like one take. Like there was another scene where <laughs> where Daniel drags Eli through this mud and is just getting them all mud, muddy, and it's like there's no uh, there's no CGI. It's all real, and like. Daniel day is just getting this poor little kid actor guy just all muddy. And it's, you know that they're both in these characters deep. Like Daniel day is known for going deep in these roles and mm-hmm. essentially yeah. the method acting, not not really getting out of it. So at the end, you know, he's sitting there um, like just breathing heavy, like this evil kind of coursing through him. And this guy walks down and he's like, Mr. Daniel. and. Daniel Plainview is like, I'm finished. And there's so, and the movie just ends right after that. Music, credits, and stuff like that. And there's, to me, as someone who knows, you know, aspects of Christianity, right? Like, Jesus on the cross says, it is finished, right? Like, as he's dying, he, he says that or it's written that, that he says that. And mm-hmm. to hear that from Daniel Plainview, I'm finished is, has so, so much meaning to it. One, I think he's, he's like, he recognizes that he's done. Like he is going to go to jail or whatever it is, but there's the other side of like, you know, is he, did he complete everything he wanted to in his life? You know, he's a drunkard at this point, chain smoking, all this stuff. Like what is going through his head? And it just goes back to this sort of evil. And maybe, you know, maybe he's sort of representative of America and, you know, Daniel in this representation of America killing this sort of, you know, false prophet, whatever it is, or at the end of the day, maybe he is a, he is a real prophet, um, and all this stuff. And he's just, he murders him. And there's this aspect of, okay, this is what America has done to religion. I don't know. There's a lot of speculation about what it is and, and reading into it, but it's just very interesting to think about. And then how we kind of bring that back to pipe smoking is like, how do we as men, as women that smoke pipes, you know? come to grips with this sort of evil stuff in the world Mm -hmm. and i honestly the other day i think it was last night as of time of recording so this would have been a saturday night i was sitting outside you know had a lot of people over had a great time had a great time little kids running around doing stuff having dinner and i was sitting outside like 9 p.m and it was very hard for me to really concentrate and think on one thing. Um, and I was, you know, there's there's a lot. I, I always say there's a lot going on in our lives. There's a lot of transition oh, yeah. periods and everyone has that. But more so lately, it's been a lot of like, what am I supposed to do? Like, who am I supposed to be in this world? And a lot of reflection on like, I feel as though that I can and should do better in many things. And that was good, you know, good self-reflection on my end, but it was then hard to kind of think on and stay on one topic and be like, okay, this is, this is what I need to work through. And I, I don't think Daniel Plainview as a character ever thought that he was, you know, narcissistic, uh, socio sociopath and, it's interesting how the pipe was brought into this and that he was also calculated in that way.
0: I know it's like a, because by the end of the film, it's completely erratic, right? His, his, the way he moves, the way he talks, the way he speaks, uh, you know, to, to HW, to Eli, to, to all of these characters, like he loses it. He almost loses it. And it becomes like, he loses that calculation. Right. Everything was not unfolding the way he intended it to. The way he, in his mind, at one point in time, was like, oh, this will this will be a success, just like it always has been. And and when it doesn't, it's not like he just light up another pipe and, and figure out a new course. No, his course was derailed in, in some capacity, and he just lost it.
1: Yeah, I... Man, it. what a great movie. I, I just... I view this less as a, you know... A, obviously this is a pipe smoke podcast, but I, I view this as necessary to talk about, especially in the world we live in where, you know, there's a lot of things that can be relatable or related back to sort of this greedy, you know, time in America, right? Like the oil, the railroads, all the the big oil, big railroads consolidating and all that stuff. And I'm not going to get into whether it should have been X, Y, or Z, but you know, there's, There's a lot of things that you and I and and everyone listening to this podcast have to, you know, traverse in this life. There's a lot of good, but there's just as much evil in this world. And it's like, how do we as a group of this small group of people traverse that? Like, how do Mm -hmm. we portray pipe smoking as something that can sort of take you away from all of this? and maybe not take you away but allow you to to guide others through this because man if daniel had a mentor who was able to to guide him a little better maybe he wouldn't have done all this evil stuff or ended up erratic alone and an alcoholic at the end of this movie or you know this this scene
0: yeah no i mean i think uh it's we use the pipe today, at least through our podcast. And of course, we do a lot of fun stuff like talking about <laughs> Star Wars and, and what the heck ever. But but it is, you know, we do have to acknowledge that there's an alignment piece. There's a, there's a realignment piece that we use when we smoke pipes. You know, whether, whether it's you watching your son play, whether it's me cooking on the grill or smoking in my car on my way to work. You know, sometimes there's at a pipe show at Smitty Cigar this week, it'll be a fun time. It's just having fun, yeah. smoking tobaccos, trying new things. But but other times, especially when it's alone and sometimes in small groups, right, it becomes like that realignment. It, it allows you to focus on the goods, the bads, everything in between that's going on in your life, things that you can't control, the politics, the, the regulations, the rules, the the schools, the rents, whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be, it at least allows you to realign and, and maybe just change your perspective or modify your perspective it is it can be a great thing and I've always said you can't be a, a stressed out ink like I'm not saying if if Daniel smoked a pipe right before he bashed Eli's head in he he would have been like you know what maybe I shouldn't I've, I've reflected agree. enough you know like that's not going to happen right we don't all just get British accents when we smoke pipes and <laughs> come up with the best, uh, best course of action but yeah man I, I think this is this is a, this is a really interesting one, and you know we never want to talk about the bad guy, but but I think it's important, right? Especially yeah. if it's in some kind of pop culture, if it's in film, like this this series is does well to to touch on it, and we we can't help but talk about that one scene. The, it's iconic for pipe smokers. It's not necessarily iconic. I mean, there's some iconic quotes in the film regarding the film, but the scene where he's sitting at his desk and he has the ball jar. With all of his, his yeah. pipes sitting out of the uh, of the jar, and that that alone is quite quite iconic for for pipe smokers. And it's it's funny because he's he's not smoking a pipe at all no. in this scene, but they are very clearly there, which I found very interesting. Yeah. But dude, it's a classic ball jar. That's the that's the mason jar. People have reached out in our Discord when we shared this photo, and they had said something along the lines of, "I used to store my corn cobs." Brian Levine at his place, he stores his corn cobs in in a in a ball jar oh. upside down, yeah. and yeah, yep, and that becomes his like tasters jar. Where if anyone, he if he'll he'll taste some tobaccos in those, those are sampling cobs. But he also gives them out to to folks to try. But yeah, they're in that damn ball jar that we all use, that mason jar. And I found that so in- interesting as he's just ripping cigs mm. the entirety yeah. of the scene, and it's just it it almost shows like a like that, I, I'd love to think that that's not a prop, necessarily. Like, oh, let's put some stuff. Oh, let's put like that's like one of the only things on the table, right? You know, right. a couple papers that you can't see. You know, a few other things, a journal, but that's right there, so in the prominent. Scene. And it's like, what does that mean? What? What? Why? What is this trying to tell us? What is the director trying to tell us? And I don't know if I have that answer. To be completely honest, I yeah. I, I tried reflecting on this to talk about it and be like, oh, you know, this is this is Git Pipes' wives you know, English class essay writing takeaway, but, but it really didn't, I, I don't know. I really don't know, but it is an iconic kind of photo and image that, that many of us have seen and have
1: since stored our, you know, our pipes, pipes and in ball jars. Like tobacco. Not, definitely but, our tobacco. Yeah. But I, uh I'm going to kind of transition to maybe some of the fantastical aspects of, of maybe what we think about Daniel and, I'm interested in what you think he would be smoking or okay. maybe what he'd be smoking out of. I know obviously time period is early, you know, 20th century, so there's probably some limited options there. Um, but I, more so maybe maybe a tobacco side.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about the uh the pipes, right? So they're very few and far in between when we do see them, but we've seen like maybe like a pot. Uh, that that jar is full of old brown pipes It's is really hard to see what they are but maybe some princes some apples uh he seemed to like a a billiard style maybe a bulldog ish shape i think there there's that one scene where he's covered in oil and he, he's smoking like a a sand blasted maybe it's a rusticated what what appears to be a pot or some kind of prince shape uh, i, I Despite him being absolutely loaded, I do see him as someone to go cheaper on the pipes right i don't I don't necessarily see him going mm. out of his way to get a you know a dunhill or something yeah
1: yeah what what are you thinking? yeah, I'm thinking probably some basket pipes, right like if he's this sort of greedy capitalist like I don't know i I think he would be frugal in ways. In many ways. So, yeah, I I would say that I would say that it's cheap pipes. He probably doesn't smoke them too, too often, uh, but often enough to have, you know, a whole mason jar full. But I think he rips cigs, kind of like Oppenheimer. <laughs> he, he'll he'll rip cigs, but he also smokes pipes and throw a pipe in there. Yeah, yeah. I think
0: uh, like I don't think he was smoking any Petersons. uh I kind of want to say there's a chance he was, you know, smoking some French, maybe uh, like a GBD. Uh, GBD is a pipe company that was you know founded like mid 1800s. Uh, by the 20s, they they had a pretty strong popularity worldwide. Uh, they were a higher grade, uh, higher quality briar pipe, but they did have. Like a a lower end, like most pipe companies, they had like a, a range, and I can see some of like the cheaper GBDs, maybe maybe the cheaper Kamoy's, uh, as I would say, uh, the Kamoy. We all know another uh, famous famous pipe company that's still making pipes today to a degree. Uh, they were founded early eighteen twenties. They were doing just Meerschm way back in the day, but by the twenties, they they also had uh, been p- pretty prominent in uh in the in the business, and were we're doing briar pipes. I, I could see maybe maybe a combo, maybe a graybo graybos were pretty big too mm. um and you know, I hate to give another you know, graybo like I don't want to say graybos the low quality pipe but man they were always affordable they were always around and
1: yeah affordable is probably the better way
0: yeah yeah and and, and that's that's probably it's ironic right it's these especially in film where they portray these capitalists as you know obviously they're very greedy but dude I'm a I, like the idea of capitalism—that is me. But I want to buy the fun things. I, I don't want to just hoard my my pots of gold and hmm, no <laughs> schmeckles for the poor. You know, I want to buy cool stuff. That's what I want. I want to buy the nicest pipes. Yeah. I'd be buying the the Dunhills. I'd be buying the the BBBs, the Sa- yeah. sassianis the Barlings. I'd be buying all those pipes.
1: Maybe Nimbus, Nimbus agrees. Nimbus, he does. I heard that. I I think maybe like another way to describe Daniel Plainview is less a greedy capitalist and maybe more of like a greedy businessman, right? Like he, yeah, I like that. He had, he had this, he had this show that he put on just as Eli was this sort of um, showman for the religious side. Daniel Plainview was a showman for the godless in a way, right? Like he, he had this, same speech he gave to all the people he was very proper yeah yeah. He, he had hw right like his uh his thing was i'm a family man i run a business this is my son and my partner hw plainville we offer you the bond of family that very few oil men can understand etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's like you know he then went on to kind of build this town in new and a uh, little Boston. I almost said new Boston. It's a town in New Hampshire, but uh little Boston, you know, they, they build up, he discusses education with them. All these things that like companies today talk about that they're going to build, like an Amazon comes your town. Oh, it's going to be great. You know, opportunities for education because they're going to work with the local college and you're going to be able to get a pipeline to go do this and you know they're going to bring more affordable housing for all the people that they bring in and more amenities and all this stuff and it's like it's no different right like just because you know it used to be an oilman now it's a more of a big company corporation and an amazon or a walmart or whatever it may be um man i sound like a super anti corporation thing I'm not but it's uh it's just it's interesting I I think like one of my biggest takeaways from this movie is the capacity in each and every one of us to be to be good but also evil and I think the pipe lately has grounded me in sort of this self-reflective manner of like okay I am not as good as I as I think I am and it, it honestly has brought that to me. And I think it should bring that to other other people as well, as, is this time of like, to look inwardly, to look at the mirror and say, am I truly who I think I am? Am I putting up a show? Am I putting a facade in front of my face uh, and saying, I'm all good, All right. Or living the dream, brother. Like you know, yeah, for real. I'm living the dream. You know that fake smile and there's tears rolling down your eyes. I I think it's important to do those things because Daniel Plainview clearly never did that. He had this hardened heart where he just wanted money and that's all he wanted. Like he just you know wants to build the house on the on the coast and he gets that in, in the you know mid 19 or the late 1920s and again he's drinking drunk himself into oblivion and is a shell of the man he used to be and that is in every single one of us um it, it it's it's not typically it's not one single event that leads us there though it does happen it's a series of progressive you know falters that lead us to this dark place and it's very important to not allow those things to to get you there but anyways i i went off on a little tangent there uh what do you what do you think he was smoking like not not the pipe obviously we're talking tobacco here i think i i think i know in my head
0: do you i want to know what you think you know.
1: oh man i guess i think he's smoking something harsh like very very strong um i think it's either a burly or an english um I, man, I I don't know. I don't have a specific blend, but I in my head, he's definitely smoking something that most people wouldn't like. Um, just because he's a harsh dude. I Ooh, mean, he okay. He had a lot of history of hard times, right? Like he fell, broke his back or legs or whatever it was. You know, he's he he grind he gra- ground grinded like. You look at him and you know he's seen a thing or two. And he's yeah, he's it. a hard man. He's a hard man. So I think he smokes a hard tobacco. I can't, I don't see him smoking an aromatic. No, he's he's doing something strong. Maybe a burley. Um. Uh, I don't know, but I I just picture campfire esque, like he drinks Lagavulin, kind of that PD.
0: Okay. Strong yeah, very Scotch. Peeny
1: and then you know he gets sort of these um man i i guess like i i'm thinking in my head early morning pipe for some reason because to me that's kind of like a stronger ish or maybe yeah, no a, maybe not. i'm not thinking early i'm thinking a nightcap nightcap's kind of a stronger okay. yeah there English. we go um that's definitely what i meant there smells you know full-bodied in a way um so that's that's kind of what I would, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely a nightcap.
0: But okay, it's, it's I actually something. don't hate that answer.
1: Oh, okay, all
0: right. I'm, well, I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not gonna lie.
1: I'm. I'm pleasantly surprised by that. <laughs> I love smelling tobaccos. Like, I is it weird? That's why I wanted to open these the four tins that we got from smoker pipes. Like, I just wanted to to smell them. I didn't even want to smoke them. And I might just open them just to smell them, but. It's that it's one of those things where the smells of tobaccos are like the smells of, you know, whiskeys or beers to me. Like there's something mm. about an aroma where I don't, I don't really get that as much yet uh, when I'm smoking. I definitely earlier today got with the escudo, got some of the kind of the citrusy notes, but I don't think Daniel Plainview really cared about any of that one bit. He was just puffing. He got tongue tongue bite every time because he's like yeah oh yeah with with no matter what the blend was yeah it makes makes me harder and it's like okay so yeah what do you what do you got what do you think that he's he's puffing on here uh, I like that
0: I think I, I was not gonna say Dunhill nightcap I was actually gonna say so you you had specifically said not a common blend and I was gonna go with a common blend because mm. but it's kind of a cop out so let, let's first talk about nightcap right I love that answer it's a it is an Oriental blend. It's a it's a got a lot of Latakia. It's a Virginia. It's it's a rich blend of the three, right? And Dunhill. It is now produced by Peterson, uh, but but Dunhill was the original founder of this tobacco line. And, and Nightcap was one of those inaugural blends. that launched back in like I believe nineteen ten or so. So this this could work. He could absolutely have been smoking. I know we like to do the fantasy aspect where we don't really care if the blend was around or not, but but it makes it a viable option. And I could see him, he seems like the guy to skimp on the cost of pipes, but even though he, and this kind of adds to his his chaotic character, where I feel like he might go for a more premium tobacco, yet smoke it in a way that someone who's inexperienced would smoke <laughs> a, a very readily available tobacco, you know, just ripping through the thing, not really even getting any of the flavors. Hmm. Um, I see that. I see that as like a dynamic of, of this character, so so I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you some points on that. Okay. I think Nightcap is a is a wonderful choice. I think that's I think that's phenomenal. It, nightcap it, is just
1: again, it's only the aroma, like the scent. Like I've I've smoked Nightcap. I was like, I literally had it as a nightcap maybe a week or two ago. Um, actually, with producer wife, so that was that was a good one. But um, yeah, man, I I don't know. It just smells like something he would smoke. I'm. I'm trying to think.
0: Yeah, I mean, Maybe. dude, you, you smell the thing, and it just smells like, you know, the scent of going to bed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> What's it's just,
0: the. Um, it's dark. It's heavy. It's
1: the other one that just came to mind is uh, the Mary Monk.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh dude, no! Literally. So if yeah. Mary Monk. So it's funny because Mary Monk doesn't have like a ton of latakia. Yeah. But it still produce. It produces this. Dude incredible smell this incredible it's more campfire campfire smell yeah Yeah, oh absolutely more
1: of a campfire than an actual campfire
0: (laughs) so i yeah if 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 mary monk was around even though he's the antithesis of a mary monk (laughs) i i I do believe that he'd probably be smoking mary monk as well but but i think i'm gonna we're gonna put a pin in dunhill because i think that's 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 quite the possibility but i'm gonna i'm gonna have to revert back to some of those codger blends. When we mm. talk about these codger yeah. blends, these are these over-the-counter blends. And man, in the, the late 1910s, early 20s, mid-20s, this is where you're going to get the tobacco. You're going to go yeah. right to the store, you're going to go to the general store, the drugstore that has everything you need. It has toothpaste, it has food, it has milk, and it has pipe tobacco. Uh, the one that comes to mind, there's a couple. Second place, I would say maybe maybe a Carter Hall. Carter Hall is a mm-hmm. little bit of Virginia, a little bit of Burley. Uh, but another just classic, old codger blend. You know, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple. It's always been pretty affordable. It comes in a big can. But the the primary one, it's actually not going to be Walter Raleigh, which is oh, I was going to say that, which could it could be, man. That I might smoke that tomorrow after <laughs> you know recording this episode. But but I'm going to go with Five Brothers uh, Burley. Five Brothers is an old old tobacco man. They've been this thing has been was blended over a century ago and this was originally blended by five brothers and that's where they got. what are their their names go three two uh michael eric don gabe
1: michael eric don gabe one more three two one
0: (laughs) thernquist i don't know dude no clue uh but these five brothers just made this this has got to be the, the blend, man. It's it's Ooh, okay. just a straight burly. <laughs> it's just air cured shag cut burly. It's simple. It's easy. It's strong. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's straightforward. Yeah. And of course, the fact that it's a shag cut really kind of puts the little crown on this mm. on this this discussion. I think it's simple. You know, while I do believe Nightcap would be a great option because of it would add to his character, I think the shag cut also just as to the fact that he's just he's just going to throw this in a pipe. He's, it's going to burn super hot. It's going to burn super fast. And you know maybe maybe he does it because it's it's interesting because we see him smoking cigs throughout throughout the film. And it's like, what is this guy? What, <laughs> what is this is guy? It? I feel like a shag is the closest thing you're going to get to a cigarette. Mm. I don't know. So maybe maybe the pipe just becomes you know his just maybe just, some kind of yeah. symbol of his power and his presence above other people and to use other people uh but but if he's going to smoke something i would imagine it's going to be similar to cigarettes and i'm not saying Burley is but a lot of people don't smoke Burley if they were yeah. moving away from cigs because they have similar qualities to a degree but yeah, i mean the, the the package on this thing you can look it up so damn simple it's just five brothers pipe tobacco <laughs> that's pretty much it there's a seal and then it says the size—it's like a two-ounce pouch or whatever it is, but yeah, it's not—it's nothing to write home about. And uh, I, I feel like that would probably be your best bet.
1: Yeah, man. Do you think he would uh, smoke straight Rustica?
0: I don't. No, I think his character embodies that—a pure nicotine, yeah. nicotiana rustica. But like, he's also like he's also part coward, he right? Is. There's there's a there's a lot of he insecurities is. in this character. Oh, so many. Oh,
1: yeah. And that brings up another scene of, again, he was like drunk, but he's in this, um, I guess it's a bar with his son. His son's deaf at this point. Oh, yeah. This guy, he was from another oil company, I believe, basically wanted to buy the land at this point. He was like, he was making comments earlier in the movie. of like, oh, how's your son doing? And uh, Daniel Plainview was like, thank you. We'll leave it at that. Or something like that, and he brought it up again. <laughs> and he is like, "I said we'll leave it at that." And then he sees him later on in the movie, and his son's with him. He's like, "You see, my son's with me. Don't tell me how to live my family and all this stuff." And it just it brought to light this total insecurity. Where I agree with you, like his persona is uh and Rustica, but his like actual uh, being is is definitely different. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. that's a good yeah. way to put it. But that's just, you know, one one of my major takeaways. What what did you have, the the one aspect that you kind of took away from this movie? Or this character even, right? Like we can we can look at the whole movie in general, but we can also look at just Daniel Plainview in and then of himself.
0: Yeah, man, I think it it, it leaves a a dark mark. A dark foreshadowing on you know the future of of really smoking in the sense where a negative character even even with the like it it matches cigarette smoking and pipe smoking and it does a good job of making smoking being part of the evilness that is daniel but this film just has a legacy in and of itself man it's it's just like it is a masterpiece and and like, though pipe smoking scenes aren't super prevalent, they have become an iconic. They have become iconic moments in in all of cinema too. Uh, but of course, across you know the pipe smoking sphere, uh, and they and they have this lasting impression on us. It has. I mean, we're talking about it right now. You know, our, some of our audience is going to go watch this film if they yeah. haven't already. And though everything you know, that it, happens, it it would yeah, <laughs> say it's, it's still worth watching. But it is. Uh, it 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 does become you know, synonymous with, with Daniel Day Lewis, the actual actors, you know, just exceptional performance. The way he uses the smoke, the way he uses the pipes, the way the pipes sit on that damn desk doing absolutely yeah. nothing in a ball jar while he's chief chief in on Sig, Sigs inside <laughs> kind of guy. Uh, you know, it's just it was it was interesting. And, you know, I'd I'd love for you know what I'm I'm really excited to talk about the Breyer breakdown of nolan's oppenheimer and probably six six to six to eight months from now i'd bet um and and we could kind of tie in some similarities to this one because i just saw the film last night oppenheimer and and i'm seeing a lot of course you know oppenheimer is being portrayed as generally a protagonist uh but i'm seeing some similarities which is very very interesting
1: so yeah man we didn't hit nearly enough about the movie obviously there's again limited pipe smoking, but there's so much more to this movie. There's so much more deep dives you could take. So let us know what you thought. Is there anything that we did not touch on that we should have? Is there anything that we maybe discussed that you didn't think about or, or didn't know or anything like that? We want to hear about it. We want to hear all about it. For this sort of stuff, shoot us an email, show at getpiped.co, that is dot C-O. That's the best way to to let us know this sort of feedback or, you know, let us know on, on none of our social medias or, or discord or stuff like that. But we do love to hear your feedback and we love the discussion uh, on these sort of things. So hit us up. Segments. Sigmund's, moods go we got two this week we got two good ones as always we got a little bit of pipe smoking tobacco weed smoking related this or that and then we i'm gonna talk some more it's kind of been a me heavy episode i'm sorry i love it uh, dude okay good because i do too i like talking sometimes but uh we got ask nick anything as our second segment which adam will read the questions uh so yeah, let's get right into our this or that. For those of you who do not know, this is our segment where we have two options, all sent in by our wonderful Galactic Get Pipe Pipe members. We have to choose this one or that one. So yeah, let's get into it. First one, first two are from our friend Krabby Piper, a.k.a. Steve. For this one, he asks, Cornell and Deal or GL Peace? oh oh man
0: dude oh man
1: your alliance is to the republic
0: dude that's a tough one man i i I hate these questions
1: yeah especially (laughs) because uh because uh one of these may or may not listen to the podcast one of these uh blenders
0: one of them will definitely listen to it eventually um dude it's interesting i mean are we talking about What's my favorite flavor palette? What, what tobacco blends do I like more? Am I talking, you know, the heritage or, you know, are we talking the, how open the blends are? Man. Ugh, dude. I love the idea of GLPs. Like he is like this, this figure. Shadowy. That, yeah, that I look up to. And of course I'd said in one of our last few episodes that if I could have a, a blend that was, not called the get pipe blend but something you know get pipey uh, it would be a burly flake of some sort with some you know old dark uh kentucky in there or something but yeah i don't know i'd have i'd probably have glp's do it because he's just such a good blender i'd also have him mess around with a flake or a shag um yeah. you know he's just oh man but then you got cornell and deal man and like they just got it all they got jeremy they've had blenders before him and they've they're continuing to blend. They're continuing to push boundaries. They're continuing to, you know, yeah. put tobaccos out there that not that everyone likes. So so GLP what I really like about his approach is he makes tobacco for himself, right? Ah. Oh, he, he and he, he does a very good job, right? So he knows being a, a professional blender for years. He he has this god palette, uh, to at least <laughs> The point where if he enjoys it, a lot of other people will enjoy it. Yeah. And he doesn't follow trends. He doesn't blend to blend for fun. I mean, he, he probably does, but but he's not going to release something just because, you know, it's sell. And that is right. what I really, really like about him and, and his, his approach. But that's not to say I don't like that about Cornell and Deal. Because Cornell and Deal has a very different approach. Cornell and Deal's approach is... To produce tobacco for the masses. They are going yeah. to look for the next honey that comes in some random place and put in a tobacco because they know people will enjoy it, people will sell it, even if their head blender hates honey. Um, yeah. yeah, Jeremy loves honey, but <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> like there, there's a totally different approach, you know. And you know what? He like Greg Peace would never release a tobacco called The Beast. He wouldn't do it. Yeah. He would he he would think that name was not Fitting for the tobacco he's blending or like it would be me I, I don't know there's so much I would love to hear his take on some of the names that come up uh, from from some of these other blenders, not just Cornell and deal but but on the flip side of that is they're all tied his blending names are all tied to things that GLP has done GLP places yeah. he's lived, things that have inspired him, places he's learned from, you know schools he's been to uh, just he's a traveler mm. like he' a he's a worldly individual. And that doesn't resonate with me. You know, Chelsea Morning, that particular name does not resonate with me. You know, uh, Barbary Coast. Never, never heard of her. I just, (laughs) I just like Burley. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm a young dude who's not traveled the world. I've never been to Europe, which a lot of his blends are, most of his blends have have names based in. And uh, so that, that is a, a turn off, I guess, to, to to adam of get piped and that's not saying right. it should to you this because is just it's different
1: it's different branding right like, exactly
0: because C- it's yeah. greg branding it's greg peace but branding
1: which to I, be I fair uh, sorry to interrupt but to be fair like this new zeitgeist collection of the peace blends is very intriguing to me right like a- after you know officially learning what zeitgeist was it was like oh yeah this is like that the trends of our time and, and stuff like yeah. that, and and I appreciate that from the GL piece,
0: and that's what I'm saying. And and honestly, I got Navigator. I tried Navigator because I was like, well, I don't know. That's it's a it's a name that I can. I'm like, oh, I like traveling. I like the idea yeah. of traveling. Maybe I don't travel to Europe and stuff. And maybe I'm not a a ship navigator. I've never. I'm not a sailor. I'm in the army. I'm a ground guy. But but like, I was like, you know what, Navigator. I, I navigate maybe in the woods in the woodlands of of yeah. America I like to you know travel to different places within the US I, again I'd love to go outside of the US asap as soon as I could but as soon as possible as soon as I could <laughs> but um I just haven't but navigator was a name that I found intriguing and right. and I of course the blending components were were a direct hit for me and I, that's why yeah. I purchased it and it was very very good but but like those are the things I align to
1: and mm. This is the longest this or that. So oh, I know in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I'm totally like funny. this. There's a lot of nuance to this, though. So it's like yeah. Steve, like Krabby Piper, like this is a great question that uh, is hard. It's not easy to choose this one or that one for for sure. But I'm a I'm a really in really in a little bit, buddy, and uh, we need an answer. <laughs> We need to close the longest this or that ever. Um, so, what what are we thinking? Cornell and Deal or GLP's? Oh man. Okay. Um, and you can't say Cornell and Peace. Well, what I
0: can say is Cornell and Deal because. Cornell and Deal is the manufacturer for GLP. <laughs> I
1: know. I was gonna. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. That's the other thing. They're both a uh, they're a manufacturer as well as a producer. Yeah. I guess, whatever you. If say. you
0: guys aren't if you guys aren't in the know, Cornell and Deal is its own label. They manufacture Cornell and Deal tobaccos, GLPs tobaccos, Two Friends tobaccos, Captain Earl's tobaccos, Fryer Works tobaccos, uh, Seven Twenty Four, Drocker and, uh, and Sons. They they do they do. A lot. A <laughs> it's yes. not Sutliff or Lane. You know, it's it's probably, probably Cornell. There's some others out there, but uh, okay. You know, I'm going to go, oh, man, I'm going to go, mm, I'm going to go GLPs. And I hate, no! I hate that. I know, I know. The only reason why, he's like, wait, why you hate that answer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm going with that answer because currently right now, Navigator is, in my top three tobaccos. Okay. So for that particular reason, I'm going GLPs. But yeah, I just don't, until, until several blends of Cornell and Deal, because I don't actually have like a Cornell and Deal specific label blend that I've been crushing. You know, I, right. I used to love autumn evening, not as much anymore. Yeah, I don't know. So, okay,
1: but I don't love that All answer. Right. So
0: we'll see. Ask that again in, in six months to a year. We'll see.
1: Cool. All right. Uh, our, Second one, only what would you say so far? Oh, yeah, I gotta pick one. Um, I'm gonna go Cornell and deal just because I haven't had too many GLP splints, to be honest. That's fine. No, so yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know if I'm uh, my palate is attuned with Greg's. Uh, in, I, don't, in, I don't know, I just haven't gotten,
0: yeah, to be fair, team. mine's not entirely either. Like, he does a lot of Virginia Parik stuff. It, most you know most Virginia Perique stuff, but but that's the thing. I love Navigator, I love yeah. Navigator. So yeah. I'm gonna go with that one.
1: I'll. I I want to, again, I've touched on it multiple times. Going to really figure out kind of this you know this palette situation. I'm definitely Perique Virginia Perique, but I want to do kind of like one of the 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 main ones first. Go through the escudo that everyone talks about. Which is yeah, it? there we go. And then uh go from there. But all right. Next one from again Crabby Piper. Steve, Dr. Graybo or K Woody. Ooh,
0: I I've been flamed for saying Graybo was overrated. Um and I kinda regret that. I don't regret my opinion, my take, but yeah. Um I still mm, mm, I'm gonna go K Woody. I'm okay, go Woody. I I don't I don't have I've smoked. Mm, mm, I don't know, man. They're both so iconic. I'm gonna go K Woody because their pipes used to be super super good. Now they're just good. Uh, Graybo have always been okay. Um, again, not not a Graybo hater, not a K Woody hater. But I'll go I'll go K Woody here. Until uh, until I tour their factory, they are in North Carolina. Graybo is, and I'm excited okay. to.
1: Maybe that'll oh. change
0: my opinion. So another
1: question you can ask later. yeah i uh i'll be honest i i don't know i've had neither i've smoked neither of the pipes so i don't know if i'm on solid ground to say this or that now you can uh, okay go based on how cool the name sounds i was honestly going to do that and k woody yeah i think dr graybo is also cool but i don't know just something about k woody is like i know it's a cool name but all right next two again are from our friend fergus falls tom he asks pipes and tobacco delivered to your home or at work.
0: Oh. Yeah, definitely my home. Um never had never had tobacco delivered at work. Yeah, and now that I have a mailbox, I've never owned a mailbox directly in front of my place ever. Oh, yeah. My whole entire life. Oh. Yeah, Bradford Woods, back in in New Hampshire, that was our community. Uh, dude, the mailbox was probably, probably you know a tenth of a mile, not not very far, but you still had to walk to it. And it was a community mailbox. Uh, that's where I grew up, and then I went to, I joined the army, and then right from there, I went to Fort Benning, Georgia, where my mailbox was. Actually, we didn't even have a mailbox. I don't even know how the hell I got mail. Maybe maybe they just threw it on the the doorstep the or something. Yeah, I'm pretty yes. sure we didn't have a mailbox. So that didn't count, though, because you just stoop mail. Yeah, that was not, not very mail. cool. Uh, and then after that, we moved to Washington, where I was in another apartment, and my mailbox was horrible. It was broken into the first day we moved in, so we got a oh, P.O. God. box, and I have to drive the P.O. box every now and again. <laughs> that was not fun. Then, lastly, we moved to South Carolina, where we were in this beautiful home, but Still a HOA kind of thing. All the houses look the same and my mailbox was like a quarter mile away. Uh, but now at North Carolina, we're talking, I got my own mailbox and I love, yeah. I love going to my mailbox. I, I walk outside, you know, I feel like, I feel like Bilbo Baggins when I open up the front and I'm looking at my letters I'm like, hmm, puffing on my pipe hmm. and I'm like flipping, flip, flip, flip. And then I shut the thing and then I walk back barefoot in my house. I love it, dude. Yeah, definitely yes. in my door. I love that.
1: I, uh, I never had anything delivered to work. I just, I think there's like this aspect of me that when you have it delivered to work, like you're trying to hide something. I know that that's not the case. Like people are just like kind of at work more. It might be easier. Um, so I don't want to just assume everything, but like there is a part of me that's like in my head. I'm like, okay, if I ever have anything delivered to work, I'm trying to hide it from my wife. In this case, and I don't, I don't do that. I don't want to do that per se. So I, uh, yeah, at home, at home. But next one, when you're smoking with friends, are you going to do the same blend or different blends? Ooh, you know, let's uh, hmm. I always
0: bring tobacco to gatherings and I never, ever, ever smoke it. And I always <laughs> smoke whatever is given to me and I always, always, always hate it. <laughs> it's just like it's not what it's I wanted. They're like, oh, you gotta try this, and then it's we're talking They're too like, much, yeah. so it goes out. I'm like puffing too hard, getting not the flavor, I'm just getting burned. Um uh, that's a good one. I'm gonna go I'm still gonna go with smoke the same blend. I'm gonna go with mm. that because that's typically what I do, and you know, it's something to talk about. Maybe uh, I'd love to do like a, you know, especially with this this pipe crate thing, which we'll kind of pitch at the end. You know, the pipe crate is a subscription box where a lot of folks in the get pipe community have one. Uh, they they have the subscription box. I would love to have like a little blend club where we talk about a particular blend where we're all smoking it. Maybe maybe bring some notes kind of like a book club. But yeah, that's always been kind of appealing to me. So I'll go smoke the same blend.
1: I agree. Yeah, I, I think that that's there's something communal about that that I like. Though if you do different blends, I I mean I'm good with that. But yeah, I think I think the same blend in this case. So and our last one for the day is from Smoke Baca, and this is one that's very interesting to me. It always brings the most interesting this or that's and just questions in general. It was when you're choosing a pipe. Do you choose it on just how the pipe looks, or how it would look with your face?
0: Ooh, yeah, I go with how it would look, just yeah. in general. But Same. I definitely have a type, right? Um, mm. I, if I can clench it, how how goofy will I look clenching it? I guess is part of it. But that's a that's a good one. Yeah, just yeah. There's a lot to it, man, and that's why buying pipes online is hard. But yeah, I got. Here's 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 what I'll say, how it looks, but the pipes that stay in my collection are how they look on my face when I'm smoking it. Because if Ooh. they don't look good, if they don't feel good, if I'm if I'm looking in the mirror and I don't love looking out, especially when I'm dressing nice, I'll put a I love a go to pipe that I'll kind of you know throw in the old mouth and, and clench and look in the mirror. I'm like, eh, this one ain't fit in the ad- outfit kind of thing. And uh, those pipes that don't fit any outfits tend to to get moved on. So
1: dang. All right, good stuff. Well, if you have more of this or that's that you are dying for us to choose from, the best way to send those to us is our wonderful Galactic Get Piped Pipe Club. That's our Discord channel. There's a link in the show notes. But if you don't want to do that, feel free to send them to show at getpipe.co. another, uh, you know, when you send them, send them five at a time. Uh same category or same general theme of things that would uh would really help us out in in doing all these. We're going through a backlog of this or that, so that's why you're kind of seeing multiple people here, but we've had folks give us you know five at one time, and that that just helps us uh helps things go smoothly so do all of that,
0: and I'll add too if you throw that in if you throw one in that you think has been done before, or you're not sure it does not matter to me yeah, i said it I've said it a couple of times as we As we progress, our answers will change. So it's always good to throw some old ones, some oldies back in and maybe make them some goodies. And for our next segment, we're talking a little bit of Ask Nick Anything. I like this one because I get to do the this little producer guy stuff that I get to do. So we're talking a little ask Nick anything. And our first question is we got to, what does your seller look like? Have you gone down the rabbit hole, or as Get Pipe would say, the rabbit bowl with anything? And that is a submission from our good friend, Captain Kirk, Kirk Keener
1: of the Galactic Get Pipe Pipe Club. Kirk, uh, yeah, I, I'll answer the rabbit hole bowl question first. Uh, I've not, I've not gone down the rabbit hole with anything. I definitely don't have a specific favorite type of tobacco right now. So I've not gone down the rabbit hole. Um, I said pull a rabbit hole with anything as of yet, but my cellar. So I got my, uh, my little tobacco chest here. I got two shells filled with tobacco and I'm starting on my third. Uh, I definitely have a lot. I have a lot more than I know what to do with, and I keep getting more. Um, Cornell and Deal, or I guess smoking pipes, Ladisi keeps sending me some. Um, we get the pipe crate boxes, so I keep getting that. So I've resorted to giving some away for some to some folks. Um, I think the most. I'm trying to think of like where I have the most blends from. I would, I guess, Cornell and Deal. Um, I think that's definitely, I have a lot of the the little tins that they have, but I also do have a good amount of squire blends cause they were definitely the first, they're the first like non, or they're the only really non super, you know, large manufacturer tobacco that I have. They, they, they're the second most, um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I got. I don't have a number for you. I don't have a pounds. I don't have an exact number of tins right now. Um, it's a little ways away from me. But, yeah, if, if you want, I will, I will put a picture in the uh, sh- podcast references page of kind of everything that I got. So,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that. Love that. As for our second question, we'll see if I love it as well. What do you look for in a pipe? properties, accents, etc. meaning she was out of other ideas. Uh, that is coming from our good friend Stacy over in the Galactic at Pipe Pipe Club. Make sure to join so you can send your next Ask Nick Anything. But go ahead, Nick. What
1: do you look for in a pipe? I definitely am going to be moving forward looking for smaller pipes. I don't have a specific uh, weight or bowl size that I'm looking for, but Definitely want something where I can enjoy a whole bowl, because uh, okay. what I find is is that I have not really been able to enjoy a full bowl in its whole glory. So I want to do that. I, I think I I do look for sitters a lot, and it doesn't have to be like a flat bottom sitter. It can be one that uh, the the one that Dave Shane sent is a sitter, but it doesn't have a flat bottom or anything like that. I don't know why I like sitters and I think they're, it's great that I can just set it on a table and it doesn't fall over. Um, because you know, there are times where I got to go do something or I want to talk to my buddy or the wife and just want to set it down for a little bit. Uh, I, I think I'm into sort of the silver accent pieces. Um, I think I like those. I also like bamboo, which is something that producer wife does not like, which is which is funny. It's, it's just very interesting to me. It's such a, a pretty, um, sort of stem material in my opinion, but yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't like it. I only have one bamboo stem pipe. So looking to get more eventually. Otherwise, Hmm. I don't know if there's much else. I don't have a specific shape that i like i know a sitter is kind of technically ish a shape but it can obviously encompass a bunch of others um but smaller on the smaller end uh definitely the bowl size and i would say an overall smaller pipe is is kind of what i'm aiming for though i have some big ass pipes over there i have i've learned that i definitely don't want that that moving forward okay. um what else i I think that's really it when it comes to accents and stuff like that. I'm not too, too picky. I, I just ultimately love the, the artisan. Like I love the idea that someone made this piece in that they put the time and effort into this stuff. And yeah, man, I'm I'm super excited for Smitty's to, to look at the pipes. I will be getting a pipe. I will be oh, a okay. Pipe yeah. I, uh, Found some money in the in under the bed. So oh, it will, yeah. be, will be probably paying cash for whatever pipe I get and I'm I'm excited about that. So yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if it's from uh Cashwell or from our good friend Kevin. And I think is there one more pipe maker? I think I think it's just those two. Um so excited to to see them and meet them in, in the case of uh Stefan Cashwell. So yeah. Oh yeah that's, man Dude, that's what i'm thinking i want i like
0: the idea of your collection becoming sitters i like that yeah. for you i don't know if that's what it's going to be and it could change but i like that you're you're kind of leaning towards that it's cool it's yeah. you know some people few people are like sitter collectors right i mean there there are people out there but there's just few of them and i always found that yeah. kind of cool but yeah i love a good small size pipe you know one that you can dedicate a whole bowl to and and i will say even with the bigger pipes you know they always say you can just less you don't kind of smoke the whole damn thing but
1: I don't right, know it's it's I
0: agree dude a bowl a pipe was made to be filled all the way to the brim that's the way I look at it that's not the right answer it's just my answer so thanks so much for sharing that and then of course folks thanks so much for sending in the submissions if you want to submit more as I had mentioned best way to do it is the galactic get by pipe club or you can shoot an email to show at getpipe.co
1: Well, brother, Mr. Adam of Get Piped, my good friend, we've come to the conclusion, the closing of this 081 episode. So I got to ask, where can people find you on social media?
0: You can find me on youtube.com slash get piped, where you can find some of the premier YTPC, that's YouTube Pipe Community content. I have a couple videos. I have like three-ish now floating getting ready to be launched very, very soon. I'm now back in the studio. We're going to be doing some more editing. Hopefully in the next couple months, you'll see some videos coming out. But but go ahead and subscribe to me there. I would appreciate it so, so much. You can find me on my Instagram. That's at get underscore pipe. But if you follow me, make sure you follow my right hand man, GPP underscore producer guy. Not social media, but relating to social media is the pipe create a subscription box that curates tobacco for you. It's a once a month thing. They got a diff- couple different sizes on, and depending on how much tobacco you want to get. But if you're in a state that you can ship tobacco to your home, you can do so with the pipe crane. The reason why I bring this up is because we're going to talk about it in our Galactic Get Pipe Pipe Club once a month uh, with our new dedicated crated channel. And this is a channel where everyone who is a subscriber, it does, there is, it is cost money, you know, it does cost money to do this, but you get, you know, damn tobacco in return. Uh, and this is, this is, I make $0 from this, uh, but you can use the code, Get Piped for 10% off your first order, uh, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, but, but the reason why I want to do this is because I want to... I'm trying to promote my Discord, my Galactic Get pipe Piped Club, <laughs> and I'd love to, to build our little our little pipe crate club, our, our monthly book club, if you may, and we can talk about those blends. Uh, now that I'm finally settling in, we will get on that very, very soon.
1: Heck yeah. But... Don't forget to share this podcast with any and all pipe smokers. And like we mentioned at at the top of the show, go ahead and rate and review this podcast. It really means a lot. You know, we we had some some great feedback after um, last week's episode. You know, we had we had a couple of folks do the the good old Spotify uh, Q and A questions there. Right? We had uh, we had two folks. First one says. Wish you guys did a video on Spotify. So thank you, Mr. David, for that. And then Trevor. One day. day, uh, Trevor says, great content, great approach to the sort of new, quote, new era pipe smoker. Very mature group of guys that represents themselves very well. So David and Trevor, thank you. And uh, heading over to Apple, you can leave a rating and review there as well. Thank you to Jude Bear. Nick and Adam have a fantastic and lighthearted take on the niche hobby of pipe smoking and collecting. Two normal guys spitting fire poems and short stories about the hobby they love. For the beginner to the experienced pipe enthusiast, this podcast has something for everyone to enjoy without all the pretentiousness. So thank you for that. Judah Bear. Man, it's it's great seeing these reviews, seeing these comments and uh you know, we had some folks reach out to us on the galactic get pipe pipe club and just say some, some amazing words. It's man. It's, it's wild. Like, you know, when, when I, when I see these words and I see these things, it's, it's kind of surreal to me. I know. I know that it's, it's, it's just one of those things where I didn't, I didn't know we'd be here, man. So getting a little all sentimental, but all that being said, share This podcast, don't just share it with the men, share it with the woman and the children too. But as we close this out, Adam, my buddy is to get piped. What are your wise words of wisdom this week?
0: Oh yeah, not too much this week going on, man. Just just get after another day, another grind. Enjoy your tobaccos. Some are still going. Enjoy those Virginias while you can if that's your... If that's your taste buds in the summer, in the summer months, uh, I try. I tried putting the AC on, making it really cold in my car, and smoking a English blend, a heavy English blend. It was Captain Earl's uh, three, ten Russians, nine Russians, ten Russians.
1: However, many Russians are. It's it's <laughs>
0: ten Russians. <laughs> uh, yeah, didn't didn't work out too well. So I am very excited for uh, the the winter to come. But let's enjoy the summer while we can. Uh, But I hope to see you guys all very, very soon at the next pipe event, whether it's the Smitty Cigars event, maybe it's Vegas, maybe it's the very next pipe show after that. But I will be around. You will be around. We will all be around. We will all be smoking our pipes, and it will be a wonderful time. But for now, I am off to save the world of pipe smoking. I don't know how I'll pull it off. But until then, you have all just been piped. And until the next piping, we are out.